This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Oh, hello. Happy opening day. This is the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. No, the world on April 1st of 2021. I am, of course, Paul Gallant. 710-710 is how you text in on the text line. You can tweet me at Galan says, I'm feeling very optimistic about this baseball season. And I feel weird saying that because I am a skeptic, if not a cynic, at heart. But everything I've seen from the Mariners since I have moved here, whether it was my first game at T-Mobile Park, when they actually had games at T-Mobile Park, watching Kyle Lewis hit his first career home run off of Trevor Bauer, and really everything that they were able to do last year, I have been able to buy into something that I know a lot of you, rightfully so, have had a difficult time buying into. But I'm getting some interesting vibes about this team, and perhaps perhaps I've been sniffing a little bit too much of that optimism. Perhaps I need to take a step back to allow myself to gather my thoughts and dive back into that generally negative place that I'm always in whether it's just your average self-loathing or just taking a look at myself or anything else and saying, oh, this could be better, that could be better, being my whiny little complainy self. I'm just having a hard time doing it with this team. The expectations should not be high for the 2021 Seattle Mariners, at least for us. But the expectations that you are hearing coming out of that clubhouse are something else entirely. For example, Marco Gonzalez, who has this to say about the 2021 campaign. You know, I've never been a fan of uh, being told when it's okay to win, you know, and, and, and I've expressed that to, to everybody. Um, you know, I don't think it, that comes as, as a surprise to my bosses and, and people above me. They know how I am, and I think that they appreciate that. But I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. I think we're going to be the team that people are going to look up halfway through the year and say, where did they come from? And, you know, we're, we're prepared to make a statement in this, in this division. I stand by that. We'll see if he's able to stand by that. That clip comes to mind because I'll go back to 2014 during a time in another city. Oh, Paul, you're about to talk about the Astros again. Yes, I am. Guess what? I saw a rebuild. You haven't. So I know a little more about these things than you do. Altuve, yes, the man who may or may not have had a buzzer on against the New York Yankees, said something very similar during the midst of a 2014 season where they were awful. And I just remembered hearing that and thinking, huh. Well, this guy's got a lot of confidence. This guy's got a lot of optimism. And when I heard that clip from Marco Gonzalez again and listened back to it and thought about it, I got some memories of a turnaround that I saw. Then we had Jerry DePoto on this morning. Check out the podcast, 710sports.com, or subscribe to the Danny and Gallant podcast. Jerry had this to say about perhaps a timeline for the Mariners. And when you project a team to officially turn that corner to go from being a team in the midst of a rebuild to finally having that rebuild process done. When you look in the the bucket of young clubs in a league, this is where the surprises usually come from. And, you know, and, and you can look back at so many of the teams that have come out of rebuilds over these last handful of years teams like the Braves and like the Astros and like the Cubs. And, and generally speaking, 
they were a year ahead of their projections. And I don't know if this is that year for us, but my, my hope is that it is. And, and frankly, we have the talent to do it. We just have to stay healthy. He mentioned the Astros again there. I know, I know. Annoying, right? Well, guess what? In 2015, that Astros team had the best record in baseball, the, uh, the American League specifically, the first half of the season. They finished 86-76. and 76. Did not have the biggest of lineups, but they had enough bats to provide a decent amount of pop. They didn't have a ton of great pitchers, but they had a couple at the top that were enough. And I'm just saying I'm getting some vibes from those 2014-2015 Houston Astros with this Mariners team going into 2015. That does not mean necessarily a playoff appearance. That does not mean definitely a World Series. What it does mean, though, is a frisky, compelling baseball team that I feel like we are going to have actual fun watching this season. And by the way, last year, they were surprisingly fun, and they did it with a lineup that mm, was lackluster. I mean... Last year, the Mariners were powered by Kyle Lewis, Kyle Seeger, and someone named Dylan Moore, who is a super utility player. This year, the lineup is significantly deeper because of a trade that the Mariners made with Austin Nola to get Taylor Trammell to bring in Ty France. Ty France has been crushing it in spring to the point where I think he actually might lead the team in home runs, even though he's not necessarily a power hitter. Taylor Trammell, we'll see what he's able to do. He's definitely better than anyone that you had in the outfield outside of Kyle Lewis last year. And by the way, Mitch Hanniger's back. Kyle Seeger is here again. Right now, you have a bunch of guys that you can take a look at in the lineup and say, yeah, I know that guy's going to be good. There are some question marks for sure. Is J.P. Crawford going to hit at all? Is Evan White going to hit at all? What's going to happen behind the plate as well? And there are always reasons to take a look at the Seattle Mariners and say, oh, I don't know about this year. But then you factor in a pitching rotation that is not just Marco Gonzalez anymore and some young arms. It is a rotation that also now features James Paxton and the velocity that he brings with that left arm of his. Yusei Kikuchi. We'll see what he's able to do. I'm a little skeptical on Kikuchi, but he's had a really good spring. Justice Sheffield last year finished out the season pitching about as well as Marco Gonzalez. He had a really good close to the year. We'll see what Justin Dunn's able to do. And, of course, you know the prospects that are waiting in the wings. There are reasons that you can convince yourself that this team is going to be frisky. And I am feeling those vibes from a team that I have covered before in the midst of a rebuild. But my question for you, 710-710 on the Vizzy Hard Seltzer, excuse me, on on the text line, my question for you, you're a justified cynic out there. What's it going to take for the Mariners to convince you that they are getting towards the lights at the end of the tunnel, that they're on the right track, that they are something worth your while? Text in, I realize you're kind of new to the area, but these are the same comments every year, right, for the players, that they have the confidence, but it's literally the same thing over and over again, blah, 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 which is, I think, supposed to be sleep noises. Another text in. How many employees at your station are faking their enthusiasm for the M's knowing it will be exactly like it's been for the last 20 years? I have zero interest or excitement for them. I'm telling you, you're missing out. I'm telling you. And this is coming from someone that is a neutral observer. Yes, someone who has only seen good things in a year and a half from the Mariners because my expectations are pretty low. But 
this team does feel like it's close to being something that you are going to look at and say, wow, this is something I need to tune into every single night. They're close, I think. And, yeah, maybe this is just me sniffing that April 1st opening day air, like every single team across baseball does. But in a division like the American League West, which is no longer the division it once was because the Astros are not a super team anymore, and just given some of the changes that I think have been taking place over this offseason, and on top of that, just a year older this team is, I feel like there are reasons to think that maybe, just maybe, a surprise season is in store for us. And I'm not asking for a whole lot, but is is plus is 82 wins plus? Is that possible? Can they get over 500 this year? And if this team is able to get over 500, that means that they will be a fun watch along the way. I think it's possible. 710-710, that's the text line number. I'm curious as to how you're feeling about this rebuild and if it is possible for you to this year be convinced that the light is right there, that you can almost reach it. Right now it's 10-10. It's time for What's Trending with Maura Dooley. Happy opening day, Maura. Happy opening day. Huzzah! Don't let anyone get you down. Oh, I won't. You should be excited. Listen, I'm optimistic today. It's going to take a good month or so before I get back to my typical complainy self. But I will gonna... agree with those texters that we hear the same thing every year, but to me, there have been changes. The The farm system was never this good. Correct. There's so much young talent. Like We heard the same things before, but I'm seeing a different team, a different approach. You have some proven players, and you have some unproven players that you will see by the end of the year. And I've seen this before, I'm telling you. I mean, when Carlos Correa came up in 2015, that was that was when it all flipped. Kelnick will be up at some point this year. It's just a matter of, hey, is this team going to be able to maybe stay within range of just competing to the very end of the season like they were last year, though there were 16 teams and in health. the playoffs health last year. And health is a year. big issue. They tend to have bad luck with pitching in that. Yes, they do. But that would mean, more duly, that maybe we see Logan Gilbert a little earlier True. if there are perhaps some, some injury issues with the pitching. Yes. All right, we'll switch gears here for a minute and go to the NFL. The Seahawks gave Tyler Lockett a four-year, $69.2 million extension with $37 million guaranteed yesterday. We talked about this in greater detail yesterday, and look, I think this is huge for the Seahawks. I think now you have definitively the next two seasons for Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Russ. I don't know if this is the third triumvirate, the fourth triumvirate. I forget how many triumvirates the Romans had. They had several. Triumvirate's a cooler word than, world, word than triplets, so I'm going with that one. Danny said it wasn't. Yeah, I know. I'm bitter about it, <laughs> as you can tell. Listen, histor- historical references are better than something that happens all the time now. I mean, aren't triplets not even a, a, a rare thing anymore because everyone, you know— People, people are perhaps uh, taking PEDs to to, oh to make God. sure to make sure that they have the child. Like I'm just I'm just I'm just asking the question here. Of course, yes, triumvirates are more rare than triplets. I base this off of not much. You're welcome for the science. All right, this isn't really a headline, but we didn't get to it in Danny and Gallant, and it's just a really funny cut of Ryan Divish talking about Jared Kelnick on um, Jared Kelnick, excuse me, on Wyman and Bob yesterday. 
he is confident. He believes in himself. The one thing is he's never experienced failure really at any level. So I think that's one thing that the Mariners are confusion of being stuck down at the alternate training site and stuff would go wrong and, and he would get pretty upset. I always think, you know, especially because you see his Instagram and he's got the headband and stuff. He's totally Johnny Lawrence. From Kai. I mean, like he is. He's, he's William Zabka. He's William Zabka, oh. 90s movie bad guy, which I mean, like, look, I, I, I watched Cobra Kai. I watched the movie Karate Kid. I thought Daniel was a pain in the butt, and I was cheering for Johnny Lawrence to kick his butt in the Get him a body bag. Yeah, Johnny. If you've watched the movies, the TV show on Netflix, I find very enjoyable, quick watch, very easy to binge if you've delved into it. And he's more of a sympathetic character in this TV show. I I don't get, though, the Johnny Lawrence vibe because Kelnick's confidence is very quiet and understated. It's not out and I'm going to kick your butt. It's very much like, yeah, I'm better than you. So, no big deal. It's so casual. It's casual indifference to the entirety of the situation. But I do like the comparison anyway, because anytime that you can make a comparison to the Karate Kid franchise, I'm all for it. I've only watched bits and pieces of the, of the first movie. I've never watched it all in one setting. I think I've seen all the important parts. I have watched the entirety of the TV show, and I cruised through that thing on Netflix. So if you haven't watched it, you should definitely check it out. All right, guys, that is what's trending with Maura Dooley, which you can hear every single morning afternoon here on the Paul Gallant Show at 1010. Traditionally on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, nay, the world, what we do is we hear from you. But right now, since it is opening day, we have a surprise guest. Coming to us from the bullpen, the one and only Kendall Graveman. Kendall, welcome aboard and happy opening day. Paul, thank you. Uh, what a day. I'm excited about today and woke up just, I haven't been in opening day since 2018. So it's been quite a few years for me and I'm excited to experience it once again. Do you have an opening day tradition or routine? I don't. Uh, I'm actually about to go to the park with my daughter after we get off this. So, <laughs> you know, just trying to burn out energy energy from her and be a dad. And, and once I get to the field, um, one of the things I, I would say is a tradition is, is really making sure that uh, the younger guys understand how special this is. Uh, for me, that's, I don't know if you call it a tradition, but it's something that's always on my mind because being able to experience it for uh, several times now throughout my career it's very special, and I never want those guys to take it for granted because one day you'll be sitting on the couch and, and wishing you were dressing up in, in a uniform and brand-new cleats one more time. So I think that's something that's really uh, on my heart every time I go into an opening day experience. And the guys that is our first opening day, even guys that were last year, I think this will be feel more like an opening day experience this year with some fans in the stands. How are you feeling this spring, and how is your back doing? I feel great. Uh, thankfully, man, and blessed that uh, my neck hasn't been an issue and spine hasn't been an issue and uh, just super blessed and feel a whole lot better. Uh, it just took time to heal, and that's what every doctor that I saw across this country told me uh, that would happen. And uh, as time went on, it just continued to uh, get better. And I'm thankful now that I haven't had any issues in months. And 
Uh, I'm seeing, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel this off season and really now uh, haven't had an issue with it. And uh, I feel great. You know, the, I, I was telling some of the guys the other day, we were just turning up the flame a little bit as, uh, as screen training went on. I think some of us got off to a slow start, and gave us some runs, got hit around, but I think myself and key and some of the other guys, um, we're really starting to turn it on there at the end, and that's what we needed to do uh, going into a season. That's awesome to hear, Kendall, that, that you're feeling better. Kendall Graveman, Mariners pitcher on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline. Do you feel more comfortable with the idea of being a reliever because you've been a starter before, and, and then last year you, you, you make the change positionally, you get moved into the bullpen? Has your approach to every single day at the ballpark changed along the way as well? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's totally different. And for me, uh, I don't know if I'm more comfortable it would be, I think it fits my personality quite well. I love showing up to the field every day, knowing that I'll have an, a chance to impact the game and keeps you on your toes. Unlike starting, <laughs> you know, you're sitting watching four or five games in a row before you get a chance to pitch and, Good or bad, you have to live with that um, for almost a week. And I think for me, my personality is, hey, good or bad, let's show up the next day and do it again and try to help a team win. So I think that's a very uh, vital aspect for me to, to mentally hold on to. And then also just the routine of how do I recover? How do I bounce back? How do I make myself available each day for a team? That's, that's important. Uh, the guys that are the best in the big leagues at, at relieving – in that role is somebody that can that can be available pretty much every night of, of the year that they need you. So that's one thing I'm really focusing on with the training staff, with our, our strength and conditioning staff. How does it change? Because it's definitely a different aspect. Um, and then the last thing would be the mentality. Uh, you got 15 pitches, not 100 pitches. So trying to figure out how to make the best 15 pitches I can and, and get out of there and put up a zero. Kendall Graveman with me on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline. A very important question for you. Have you picked your I'm coming out of the bullpen music yet? Uh, I have. Oh, And some guys have uh, tried to help me. Oh, they've tried to but... help you. Why? Do they not think that you can do this on your own? Come on. <laughs> that, that's what I'm thinking. Um, so I've had a lot of suggestions, but... Um, we'll we'll finalize it today. I think I've picked out one that uh, some so, of the guys are handing out some that were not so clean. So I had, <laughs> had to pick pick one that actually worked. You know, I mean, your name definitely lends itself. You know, <laughs> you know, sending sending batters to the grave. I, I feel like there maybe right. there's something from that standpoint. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can play off the uh, little PR off of it. So okay, maybe we can get something going throughout I, the year. I like that. Okay, so it sounds like we're in for a surprise. Fine, fine. You can't, you can't, you can't break the news here on the Paul Gallant show. I'm, I'm a little hurt, but that's right. no big deal. So. <laughs> This is going to be the first game that any of you guys have played in front of a crowd in a year, which is really just incredible to think about. Do you miss anything random about having fans in the stands? I think that I would even start missing hecklers if I were playing yeah. in an empty stadium. <laughs> we had two funny stories uh, this spring that really reminded me, hey, there are fans that actually – don't like you. And <laughs> there was a kid 
there was a kid asking for a ball. A kid? In, uh, one of the games I was, yeah, asking for a ball in the bullpen, and he was, he wasn't very nice. He didn't say please. Um, and we just were watching the game, and obviously we don't have a baseball to hand out to everyone that asks. I wish we did, but we don't. And so uh, he had an Arizona hat on, and I said, "You got the wrong hat on." And he said, "No, this is the right hat." And then, and then he proceeded to call me dumb. And I just started laughing. He's probably four, four or five years old. He told me, he said, you're dumb. And then fast forward like two weeks later, there's an older gentleman uh, that I guess saw that somebody didn't give these two kids a baseball, different kids, uh, uh, baseballs. They asked for a baseball, and we didn't give them out. And I guess everyone feels entitled these days to get a ball if they come to a game, you know, all 1,000 kids. We can't give them out to everyone. I wish, Like I said, I wish we could. So it was after one of the innings against the Cubs where we gave up five runs, and this guy comes by and says, now that's karma, that's bad juju. Y'all should have gave those guys, those kids that ball. This wouldn't be happening. That's why y'all are playing like the Bad News Bears. So I I do miss things like that, but I also (laughs) miss there was another kid. (laughs) So funny stories, man. Another kid come by and said, hey, great, um, have a great season. Good luck to you guys. And he couldn't have been seven or eight and – there's also moments like that that keep you on your toes to really thankful for, for fans that actually say those things. So uh, for me, that is uh, very much part of the game and the fans bring that to the game. And I wouldn't trade it for anything last year. We got through it, but I'm so excited that uh, we have actual fans in the stands this year. And we're going to need to find a way to get more balls so we can hand out so we don't have kids getting mad at you, calling you dumb. He's four years old. Come on, kid. Learn some matters. All right, Ken- Kendall. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this team. And, and I, I covered the Houston Astros a couple of years ago. And, and the, when they made the switch, and I know there's some trash can banging and all that stuff that may have been happening behind mm-hmm. the scenes, but whatever the case. So we'll move on from that. I'm feeling some of the same vibes that that team had when it turned things around from 2014 to 2015. What are you noticing in the clubhouse this year that maybe wasn't in the clubhouse last year? Well, let me, uh, before, before I answer that, I I experienced the turnaround in Oakland. Um, a lot like you, when you were in Houston, saw a turnaround. So I saw the talent that was coming up with, the Matt Chapmans, the Matt Olsons, the Manias, um, the Lurianos. I saw those guys, some in the minor leagues, but also as they were making a transition into the big leagues. And we had that same thing here. The Astros had it when they were coming. Um, the biggest change I see in the clubhouse is uh, guys that were rookies last year in their first year of, of big league experience, they're taking the next step to, to show leadership. And I told some of the guys last year, I told Don and Chef, hey, it's your time to to grab a hold of the torch and help us lead. Um, and by us, I mean some of the guys that are that are a little bit older in the clubhouse. Um, and that's, that's the biggest thing that we need to happen throughout this year. There are going to be times where we all struggle, we go through rough patches. But if those guys can step up and lead, and when the younger guys that are coming jump on this squad, they can look at everyone as a leader, and, and and I think that's the biggest, most impactful thing we can do as teammates. Is when those guys come up, they can look at all of us and say, "This is how it's supposed to be run. This is how to be a pro." Because um, we do have some talent in the minor leagues that's coming, and uh, I think we're all excited about it. 
And I told the guys that didn't make the team this year, a lot of the, the relievers, because um, that's where I'm at right now, we're going to need you at some point. And there were some guys that threw really well this spring. Um, I don't know when that time will come, but at some point we're going to need you. And just to make those guys feel like they're needed and wanted is another thing that uh, I think we're all on board trying to do. Kendall, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I hope that you guys have a wonderful opening day and best of luck this season. I'd love to do this again, and I hope that no smart aleck kids are going to get in your case again. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. The one and only Kendall Graveman, everybody. It's the Paul Gallant Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. That was a whole lot of fun. I'm really excited for the start of this season. Of course, tonight, 7 o'clock, the Seattle Mariners, the San Francisco Gigantes. I like to call them that. Los Gigantes. Sorry that I've been killing that to death. All right, guys. The great and powerful Graz is going to join me next as we take a look ahead at the Seattle Mariners season. If you've got a question for the Graz, 710-710, is Graz going to need to shower me down, hose me down from all this optimism I'm carrying with me? He'll try to do that next. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, man, if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going to, you're going to fail. With Paul Gallant. And I am joined by the great and powerful Graz. Thanks to Mac and Jack's Brewing Company, by the way, this hour of the Paul Gallant Show brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Graz, what's going on, buddy? Happy opening day. Happy opening day to you, Paul Gallant. In the last segment, we heard a very funny story from Kendall Graveman. He... I asked him about if he had heard any hecklers and if he missed hecklers going into this season. He told me a story about a small child who was wearing a Diamondbacks hat who asked him for an autograph. Graveman told him he's wearing the wrong hat. The kid told him he's dumb. You know, I kind of miss <laughs> these kind of player interactions. You've, you've been here for a long time. Who yeah. is perhaps the best heckler in Seattle sports history? The best heckler? Yes. This could be a player. This could be somebody that's in the crowd. I don't know if there's some super well, fan that was well-known as as a belter. I know Danny O'Neill has, has probably nominated himself as one of those guys. Well, actually, it's, it's from a guy from another sport, and it's no contest. Gary Payton. That's what I figured. Was the best heckler slash trash talker I think I've ever heard. His, his stuff was obviously too blue to go into here, but it was <laughs> it was amazingly well thought out and nuanced and and fantastic and and it was an incredible. Whenever you sat near the court and listened to him go, there was there was nothing like him. Uh, otherwise, you know, baseball wise, there, there's there's no one that really jumps out in, in particular as as being a great heckler. You know, baseball players always have a pretty good pretty good sense of of, of jumping back at players when they get at him a little bit, but. Um, Nah, Peyton was the king. There was no one close. Graz, I know that you are the conductor of a train called the Dare to Dream Express, and the Dare I mean, Dare to Dream Express. I'm I'm on that bad boy. I mean, I've shoveled. I've shoveled all the coal into the engine. And I'm, not, I'm not calling for a Mariners playoff appearance this year, but maybe I am crazy falling hook, line, and sinker for some young players and a nice season last year where the team was frisky. I feel like you got to talk me back into perhaps the rational light. Are you also on the Dare to Dream Express for 2021? 
Well, I don't want to talk you into the rational life because the Dare to Dream Expresses is a place where everyone belongs at some point in time. And it's the thing that only baseball can provide, the, the, the ridiculous optimism born of, of hope. And that's what baseball is all about. It's all, all about the, you know, the hope of promise of spring and, and all the great romance of the game. So I'm not going to talk you out of it, even though I, I don't know that I'm there yet with you. But I will be stoking the fires. The train will be running. You know, it's the beautiful thing about baseball. You can look around and, and say, you know what, why not us this year? And really more than any other sport, even though they play the most games, baseball seems to be the one where, where teams do come out of nowhere. So why not the Mariners? I'm not going to talk you out of it, buddy. Enjoy yourself on there as long as you can ride it. It's been tough for, for Seattle fans because it's been such a long drought. So, no, ride, 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 ride that train. I will ride it as long as I possibly can. I'm hoping that they can keep me on said train because I know I get skeptical and cynical from time to time. I, I asked Graz, uh, the listeners of this radio program, hey, what's it going to take for you to feel like the year the light at the end of the tunnel is actually within arm's reach. And a lot of texters are like, listen, Paul, you've only been here for a little bit. You, you, you don't quite get it. As far as reasons for optimism, though, what do you think is the strongest reason to feel that maybe this year this team can be competitive like they were towards the end of last year? Just all the great young players is, is the reason. I, I mean, um, Again, you're betting that that, that they that a great majority of them come through, and that's the thing that, that there's not a lot of experience here, but uh, we're seeing in baseball that happen more more often than not. And and look, you've got a you've got a couple of elements in play that, that could could really make it interesting. Uh, you've got uh, the the comeback story of the year waiting to happen in Mitch Haniger. I mean, absolutely waiting to happen. A, a guy who has been through, and it was a great piece in the, in the Times about him today, just an unbelievable bad stretch that these past couple of years is now ready to write a, write an incredible story as, as the comeback player of the year. You know, Kyle Lewis, although it's, it's unfortunate, I mean, that, that he starts the year on the injured reserve list, but rookie of the year last year, uh, you know, uh, another guy who kind of resurrected his career. You've got, you've got these Lazarus-like occurrences happening with the Mariners. So nice. that, that always good when you can work that word in. Always good when you can. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, the, the hope against hope is that those young guys can do it. Uh, that, that, you know, you, you do have one of those years where a lot of your young guys hit. And, and like I've been saying forever, for, it seems like forever, it's been the last 20 years, the Mariners are overdue, way, way, way overdue to just have some plain old-fashioned good luck. I mean, you know, 20 years missing the postseason, you got to have a million things go wrong. It's not just one thing. It's everything, and it's never having good luck. They are so due to have some, some lucky breaks, and it would be fitting that they all happen in one year, in a year where it looks like the American League West could be a little bit down, in a year where you could, you could maybe jump and, and make some moves at the halfway point of the season if it looks like you're competitive. So, yeah, why not? I, I think you're getting me excited a little bit. All right, let's go. And some of that luck that might be good luck for a change for the Mariners could be Ty France, Taylor Trammell. Yeah. We have a question, 710-710 for the Graz. How many American League All-Stars will the Mariners have this season? Wow. I mean, that, that, that's a great question. Um, I had a bold prediction this morning ripping off the Jake and Stacey program next. And I think, okay. Roz, I think right now it's – I think you got definitely Kyle Seeger and Marco Gonzalez. And if Mitch Haniger can stay healthy, 
I think three is possible. So I decided to go with three since I am, of course, on the Dare to Dream Express. Right. And, and look, I, I think if, if and that would be great, especially Hanniger. But uh, I, it would be better if it were, um, what name do I want to throw out there? I mean, Ty France is not a bad one. Um, I did not put Kyle Lewis in there because I may be expecting a bit of a sophomore slump. Danny kind of talked me into right. it this morning. But I mean, it could be it could be someone like I mean, it's just someone completely unexpected. Um, well, I mean, James Paxton wouldn't be completely unexpected because he's had some some good years. But if they're going to be doing well, you'd want it to be on the pitching staff. You'd want it to be someone someone on the on the staff besides Marco Gonzalez. That that's. Look, if you're looking for a bellwether to, to the Mariners being a successful team this year, it's that they pitch a lot better than people think they can, and and that that'd be that'd be a huge thing. So if you could pop a couple of pitchers on that All Star team, uh, I'd be I'd be pretty excited. But uh, three is is probably if you're in Vegas, probably a good over over under number for him. He is the great and and powerful Graz. Brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company, Dave Grosby. Graz, thanks so much for joining me, man. Enjoy all of the opening day action. You too, Paul. Talk to you Tuesday, buddy. Sounds great. Just saw Miguel Cabrera. I think he had a home run in the snow. What the heck's going on in Detroit? Yeah. First home run of the season. Hit through snow by Miguel Cabrera. I'm going to retweet this. At Galan says, this is That game fantastic. looks like no fun, though. That yeah. Oh, that would be a miserable experience to witness in person. But you know what? I think I would take it. <laughs> With the lack of sporting events that we've been able to see live, some snowy baseball after we did not get to go to the Seahawks playoff game and experience the elements. I'd take it. Why does that seem acceptable for a football game? Like, you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll just wear, like, all of my mountain snowboarding gear and, uh, and you there, know. There's a toughness a element. Cocoa. But I, in I, baseball, you're like, no way. It's, that's a great question, More, I think it's because you just don't expect it either. You're like, it's April. Come on. Whether And when it's football, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm toughing it up. With the boys, you know, I've got my, got my coat on. Maybe I've had a little bit to warm me up inside, if you will. Hot cocoa, of course, I'm talking about, and perhaps tea. But, yeah, it's a little different in baseball. This is an f- unbelievable scene. So I'm retweeting this. Echelon says, wow, that is, that is an unbelievable set of imagery right there. Miguel Cabrera going yard in a blizzard. All right, guys, what is it? Ugh, I can't speak today. Though many would argue that's every day. Guys, what is it going to take for you to believe that the light at the end of the tunnel for the Mariners' rebuild is right there for you to take? You get to text that in, 710-710-206-421-3776. It's Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. My question for you on this opening day. I know. You're cynical. You're skeptical. Same old manners, Paul. I've been watching this for 20 years. Nay, 40 years. But what's it going to take for you to potentially feel, huh? Whoa. Wait a second. They got some good players? Taylor Trammell? Ty France? Who are these guys? Mitch Hanniger? He's back? Kyle Seeger? He's mad at Kevin Mather crushing the ball still. What's it going to take for you to feel like this is actually going somewhere? Last year got me convinced. And now seeing some additions to the team last year that I thought really overachieved has me feeling like they're going to be able to continue that progress going forward. 
Some texts, 710-710. It's understandable that you are optimistic. You should be, but you've got to understand that those of us who have been doing this for 20 years with many, many seasons being hyped as the turnaround year have become numb to the optimistic viewpoints. Don't get me wrong, I'm excited, but keep in mind that you're the new guy and haven't experienced this run with us. You are 100% right. And I imagine that as soon as I go through a run of frustration that I will be absolutely miserable, the worst, and as Pete Carroll has called from time to time, a worrier. It'll probably be more complainy, but my expectations, they're not high. My optimism is. And I think that's what you should be doing here. What are the expectations for a baseball team that doesn't even have its best player, who you hope will be its best player, on the roster right now? You level those expectations. The hope is that they play so well and you think to yourself, whoa, what happens if what happens if Jared Kelnick is on the team? What happens if Logan Gilbert comes up? Some more texts. You need new words for the Mariners. Hopeful, rebuild, are beaten to death. Okay. What other words would be acceptable? 710, 710. You can text those in. Replacement words. Filler words. Don't be sarcastic, you meanie pants. Don't be like that kid was to Kendall Graveman. What words would suffice? Hopeful. Rebuild. Wishful? Eh, that kind of makes it seem like it's not going to come true. You can't wish for something allowed per the uh, rules. You also are supposedly not allowed to say that a no-hitter is taking place, which I find to be just stupid. You superstitious people following baseball. Oh, no, the witches are going to get us. They're going to put us in a pot of boiling water because we said that the no-hitter is happening when it actually is taking place. There are no hits in the game, thus it is a no-hitter. I don't get that. In fact, every single time I see a no-hitter taking place online, I just say it because I want to make everyone mad about it because I don't understand the superstition over something like that. There's no such thing as superstitions or ghosts. Oh, baseball's the most superstitious sport of them all. I know, I know. And it's weird, more because they have incorporated analytics and numbers into it in such a way, and you would think that they would be past this era of, he's a witch, he's a wizard, let's see if he floats. You know, but instead we're not. Texts in, 710-710. Paul, the people who are saying it's the same old Mariners are not true fans. If you are really a fan and following this team, you know that they're going to be a team that will be able to compete this year. Yeah, I I think that's the appropriate way to look at things. If you watched them last year, and look, some of you might not have, and I I don't blame you if you didn't. Last year was weird. But last year, they were frisky, and I mean... Like, Dylan Moore was their second-best hitter at times. Dylan Moore. You know, that's your super utility backup at this point in time. But if he's able to keep up what he did last year, which was probably overachieving, though, Austin Nola, I mean, he overachieved too. For whatever reason, some of these players have done pretty well here, in addition to Ty France, Taylor Trammell, and the guys who I feel like you should be counting on, assuming Mitch Hanniger stays healthy and Kyle Seeger, those two guys I look at and I'm excited about. And, of course, you have the reigning American League Rookie of the Year. I don't know why I'm not feeling the love, feeling the vibes with Kyle Lewis. But, honestly, in all the conversations that I've been having, I think it's Danny. Danny's been bringing me down. Danny O'Neill, Danny, who is 
looking at Kyle Lewis and wondering with the strikeouts that he had last season if he's going to be able to keep it up. And honestly, that is a fair reason to have some questions about it. 7-10, We've always had hope around young guys before. Uh, okay, but I, aren't these young guys different? I mean, one of them is the American League Rookie of the Year. It's not that young as far as rookies go, but he's still the American League Rookie of the Year. Are you really looking at it from a different perspective there? Some text says possible words to replace hopeful, rebuild, potential, progress, guarded, re-energize, nuts. <laughs> that one I enjoy. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Paul Gallant Show. You got Jake and Stacy live from T-Mobile, ba- from T-Mobile Park getting you geared up for Mariners opening day tonight right here, 710 ESPN Seattle, against the San Francisco Giants. For the Gras, for Kendall Graveman, for you texters out there, and of course, the great Mora Dooley behind the glass. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long, farewell, and you will hear me with Danny O'Neill tomorrow at 7.